My name's Cutter Calloway, and I'm Assistant Professor of Theology and Culture at Fuller Theological Seminary. Welcome to Fuller Studio. Welcome to TV and Theology, an audio series in which we construct a theology of television to help viewers more fully engage with the power and meaning of TV. This season, I talk with TV writer and my co-author, Dean Batali. Well, good morning or afternoon or evening or middle of the night to you all, depending on who you are. Uh, Welcome to our project in the works between myself, Cutter Calloway, and Dean Batali is sitting here with Cutter Calloway. And uh, we are going to start this podcast. It's one of a number that uh, hopefully will help frame each of our conversations in the class. And uh, if you are not in our class, uh, help kind of walk you through the book that this is supplementing. Um, Dean and myself uh, came into contact uh, really through uh, Fuller Seminary and uh, Real Spirituality. Uh, we, we both uh, were interested in how stories are told and, and what that means for people of faith, uh, for theologians, for writers, for viewers of TV. Um, and so we both uh, have some interest personally uh, and professionally in this topic. Um, but Dean, I'll let you kind of start us off. Why is it that you care at all when we say that the, the terms engaging TV theologically or <laughs> theology and TV, why do you care about that? Well, I've been a television writer for 20 years, and I've been a uh, Christian for 33 of those years. Wait a minute, that's double. That's That's right, isn't it? Well, no, it's not double, which shows you why I'm a television writer and not a mathematician, because the math didn't happen. But um, I think about this stuff a lot. I actually came to Hollywood because I wanted to engage the culture from a position of faith. I actually came to Hollywood wondering why I wasn't seeing more characters of faith on television. This was uh, 1990, actually. Um, and I thought that maybe I, as a person of faith, could could contribute to that conversation and, and actually get more characters of faith on television. We'll talk about that as the podcast uh, goes on over the weeks, and we talk about that a little bit in the book in terms of um, what my goals were and, and whether or not I succeeded, whether how television does that, whether they do it very well. Um, but I've always thought about how stories affect people, and I'm also a really big fan of television. A lot of people are more passionate about film. That's fine. I just kind of grew up as more of a child of television and really take the storytelling aspect of television and the effect that it has on the viewer really seriously. For those of you who don't know Dean, um, he is uh, willing and able to to argue for the prominence of TV over film in particular. And I think it made him feel good. I at least equal to. That's right. at least equal over, to. That's true. Know. Well, but uh, I it's sent different. You... <laughs> they're, they're they're very different. That's one of the things we'll be talking yeah. about is the difference. Um, and and one of the challenges is that most of the sort of theology and theological reflection on stories in in modern culture have been about film. Um, not a lot of people have engaged uh, thoughtfully from a theological perspective with TV. Uh, I actually teach a course that goes out to the Sundance Film Festival every year, uh, and we watch a bunch of movies and, and have a similar kind of conversation, but different. And I just sent Dean an article uh, that that showed that most of the filmmakers at Sundance actually are now uh, getting into the festival and also, you know, kind of on the ground uh, pitching scripts and whatnot in the hopes that they actually get a TV deal, not a movie deal. So. 
interestingly, with the the changes in 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 uh, media, the changes in storytelling and narrative, and, and what people listen to and, and watch, um, TV is actually <clears throat> uh, becoming something different in the way it's transforming. And and there might be an argument for TV is is maybe superseding film in some ways. But again, that'll be something that that is in the background as we go. Um, the different kinds of ways that that TV tells its stories and and why it's important to to recognize that. Um, for me, I I've always been interested in in contemporary culture, pop culture specifically, um, and really just think that if theology and really just the Christian faith at all is going to be intelligible or make sense to anybody in the modern world, um, really it it has to come from a place of being conversant with culture, that we need to, to honor and respect um, the things that we're engaged in dialogue with, just as if it was a, a person sitting across a coffee mm-hmm. table from us. Um, I've got coffee today. Dean has a big gulp. Um, but um, one of the, the challenges, I think, for especially evangelical Christians is that we're not very good at being conversationalists. Um, we we tend to speak before we listen. And when we do that, often we're not actually hearing what culture is saying. Um, and so we we tend to be a little more condemning, a little more judgmental um, than often is appropriate. And then uh, conversely, sometimes we affirm and celebrate things that really <laughs> have no value at all, um, whether it's artistically or, or whatever. So um, that's one of my goals uh, with being involved in this conversation. Um, one but, of the things I've yeah. seen happen too on top of that is that Leaders, not so much the, the 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 people, although to a certain extent uh, evangelicals in general, but leaders a lot will talk about you know television is this bad thing, this destructive thing. Um, I talk about you know every people sort of brag about how they don't watch television or they don't even have a television, hmm. which uh, as I say is sort of like the guy who passes by uh, the guy um, um, on the side of the road. You can't look to the other side and just pretend that it's going to go away. Television is here. It permeates us. It's permeating more than ever. We talk about a lot of screens. We'll be talking about that in the podcast a lot is how television now is it's come out of the living room and into your pocket. Uh, It's just everywhere. And so we have to have a way to talk about it and to think about it and realize how it's affecting us. And then in a broader sense, how can evangelicals engage as viewers and as writers uh, as makers of this uh, this kind this art form this technology yeah and as you'll see as we we go throughout um, this series uh, a big part of what Dean and I've learned or at least probably what I've learned Dean kind of uh, cut his teeth on this is creating things collaboratively um, we'll get into some of the way that TV is written um, and it's a very collaborative process um, but I I often, teaching in a seminary, encounter these situations where any sort of leader of a, of a faith community comes to me and says, Cutter, how do we incorporate uh, media or TV or film or something into our worship and into our teaching? Um, and usually the thought is, well, you have a, a ready-made thing, and then you just add to it, right? You add a, a special effect, or you add a nice little illustration that that you know captures people's attention. Um, and I'm always saying, no, it has to start from the very, very beginning of of all of your planning and all of your um, strategies for how you engage people in worship. Um, and one of the faults of seminary is that we actually train people to do things by themselves. We A sermon is prepared because mm-hmm. you go into your own little room, uh, you exegete a text, uh, you decide what God wants people to hear, and then you come and you deliver that message to a mass audience. 
Um, and so it's it's very uncollaborative in how we train people to read, interpret, and then apply uh, the, the the biblical narrative to their life. So a big part of what I hope this podcast does is demonstrate just the way that um, one, our book has emerged, but two, um, the great value in just having a conversation, hearing from someone that isn't from your discipline, isn't necessarily um, have the experience that you have, but brings a really valuable uh, perspective to it um, that you couldn't have otherwise. Uh, it really brings me to kind of the first uh, way that we're going to get into each of these uh, podcasts, and that is um, we'd like to offer you kind of a framing device that both is theological, um, but also a theological frame that then is placed immediately into conversation um, with the actual creation of TV and, and, and to give you a sense of what that looks like. Um, a long time ago, 1950, actually, uh, a guy named Edward J. Carnell, who was uh, president of Fuller for a while, Fuller Seminary, wrote a book called Television, Servant, or Master. Now, what's interesting about this book is that there couldn't have been much television at all. I mean, he had to have written in 1948, 1949, published in 1950. I mean, there's maybe Amos and Andy at that point, um, but very little actual TV texts. And it's this really sort of prophetic uh, voice of saying exactly what you just said, and that is, hey, TV is here, and I'm looking at this piece of technology, and it's going to transform our world, the way that we live, the way we interact with people. But at that time, television yeah. would have only been in maybe 25% of the homes, yeah. um, certainly Certainly fewer than half, but it was really a fresh new technology. Yeah. And so to see down the road to say, hey, we need to engage this and basically exactly what you said. He says, um, why do we need to pay attention to TV? Because there's TV, you know, um, and it would be ignoring this reality. And I found this really interesting quote by him that, Dean, it'd be interesting to hear you kind of reflect on. Um, and, and there's two things I've, I've learned from you, uh, both collaboration and then the empathy side. But Carnell says two things. He says... Theological experts must unite their best insights with those of professional scriptwriters. So he's writing this in 1950 and basically told me and Dean what to do, you know, 65 years ago. And here we are, um, possibly one of the first times that that has actually happened. Sure. Um, but then another quote, uh, he says, in its ideal powers, TV may break down pride by introducing into the life of the individual some of the problems of others, essentially saying by watching TV, you get to learn how to be empathetic in some ways. So what are your thoughts on on just the process that we've gone through in terms of collaboration? And then maybe say a little bit, uh, you, you often talk about how you like the ways that TV induces empathy. Yeah. Well, I'll actually start on that because I do think that um, great art allows us to look at the world from other people's points of view. Um, I come from a theater background, and I, I think there's very little that's more powerful than being in a room watching real people have an argument or come to reconciliation as we experience their argument and their worldview. And we get a better understanding of you know, the struggles of the American working man, which is what uh, became death, death of a Salesman, um, or, or uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which is uh, a look at a very dysfunctional marriage but uh, people of real pain, and then we might have a little more empathy for people in real pain. And we talk about going to, I mean, a lot of people see films, and and you can see, like, currently Selma's in the theater, which gives us an understanding of that time frame. You can watch a movie like Citizen Kane and really understand this one person, this one man's life, and it adds up to what gain is, it, you know, that movie adds up to what, what good is a man who gains the world but loses his soul. And we actually end up having empathy for this rich man who lost everything and just longed for the thing that he had in the past. 
And that's what I see television doing in a way that no other art form does because of serialized television, serialized scripted television. I guess we have to define a few uh, mm -hmm. few uh, phrases as we go along. Um, a series like NYPD Blue was on for 211 episodes over 11 years. Uh, that show was specifically about the redemption of Andy Sipowitz. That's what the show's creator said. So you 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 meet this character who at the time was really dark and really mean and really broken and had, was dark, struggling with all his addictions. And you empathize with him because you start to see how he got that way, why he is that way, and you hope for him to become better. So suddenly, instead of judge, judging him as the villain of the piece, he starts to become the hero of the piece. And we see him changing and we immediately then perhaps have more empathy for the addict who lives next door or who is our, in our own family or the person who's, person who's pushing people away from humanity because uh, they're so broken and, uh, and hurt and perhaps we even love them better. I just think television gets, lets you get to know characters over these years. You know, these, again, the, the, these characters that are on TV for 10, 15, what's The Simpsons now as of this podcast? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, does The Simpsons teach empathy for um, dysfunctional yellow families? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe so, whatever color The Simpsons are. But um, it is an interesting, I actually, I would actually argue that it does because it actually is is a really kind of the one, one of the largest conglomerations of types of people on television when you look at the entire uh, structure of Springfield and The Simpsons. Mm. But I think, you know, the fact that we experience these lives, that we watch people with different worldviews of our own. Now, as we talk more, especially about theology and television, I will argue that uh, um, specifically theological people, specifically believing people, are hard to find on television. So as we get empathy and understanding about people, we're not really seeing by we, I mean people of faith, people like ourselves. And in a broader sense, the culture is not seeing people of faith struggling with these issues and growing through them. They are, and we will talk about that a lot more. They are there, but I think you have to look harder. Um, not as hard as you used to have to mm -hmm. when I first mm -hmm. came to Hollywood. Uh, I take no credit for this. But um, I, I, I think that that's what I mean, that art generally can show other people's worldviews and therefore you kind of live in their shoes by living their lives. And television, I think, does it unlike any other because you're seeing years and years of their lives um, over the course of five, 10, 15, sometimes yeah. even more seasons. And maybe even over the course of years and years of your own life. Right. So it develops as, as opposed to just right now here in, in, in my moments. Um, you know, anybody who is, uh, who is 20 right now, uh, the Big Bang, th uh, well, um, um, How I Met Your Mother was on the air for nearly half of your life. Hmm. Uh, Two and a Half Men is on the air for half your life. Big Bang Theory is on the air for nearly half your life. Anybody who um, is 30 now, Friends was on the air for a third of their life. I mean, in formative years, if you look at, uh, you know, if, if you were 10 years old and Friends came on and then you watched them until you were 21, hmm. 22, that and really now, affects people. Now it, uh, they just released the whole catalog of Friends on right. Netflix. And it's <laughs> been 10 years, I think, since yeah. it, it ended. And I was shocked because it was such a big part of... My wife and I watched it when we were dating and then first got married. So it's even my memory is shaped a lot by friends. Yeah. Well, hold hold that that next thought um, for our, our next session. Um, for now, I think that's a good setup. We uh, uh, invite you to join this conversation and uh, look forward to uh, uh, hearing from you, uh, both uh, good and bad. Uh, you've already heard it that Dean has claimed uh, credit for <laughs> the Christianization of Hollywood. Yes. Um, so uh, there's no, a teaser kidding. for That's you. Right. Huh? Uh, 
Um, but uh, yeah, we we uh, are happy and excited, as you can you can tell um, that you're you're listening here, and uh, really uh, kind of uh, ready to go in terms of what it looks like for um, the community of faith to think more critically, uh, be more thoughtful about. Um, how stories are told, and what that means for the great story that we're telling as well. Um, so we will see you on the next episode. Look forward to it. You have been listening to a production of Fuller Studio. Fuller Studio provides articles, podcasts, videos, and other resources for a deeply formed spiritual life. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit us at fuller.edu studio. 